Welcome in to the, oh wait, I should check my mic. Uh, check, 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 check. Uh, can you check yours too? Check, check, check. Checking, check, check. Checking, check, check. I'm checking, check, check. Welcome in to the DNVR Draft Podcast presented by Manscaped. I'm Henry Chisholm and I've got Andre Simone on the phone. Hey, how's it going, my hey. man? Oh, you know, uh, just finished watching Nolan hit the walk-off home run for the cycle on Father's Day. Wow. Yeah. Pretty fun. Yeah. It was not pretty fun. like opening day, but I guess I'll take it. Nope, not like opening day. I bought opening day tickets, and I'm a little bit concerned that... Like, like if they're actually just going to try to tack like the last month of the season or like the first month of the season, just like take it off, start where they normally would start, then just throw that first month at the end, then I'm just going to have a random late season Rockies Padres game that I paid opening day prices for, <laughs> which would be pretty disappointing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that that could be the case. Um, and hey, if that's the worst that comes of this, I... Uh... I'll gladly sacrifice your opening day ticket. We'll we'll win okay, some I guess draft, that's fair. draft bet or something and, and recoup recoup those dollars. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> I was really excited. I, f- I felt like they were just like perfect Tinder ammunition too. Oh, like like you just oh, tell a girl like, man, hey, you got plans yeah. for opening day? Like I, it's unstoppable. Yeah, wow. I've still got I've still got the Fourth of July tickets though. So hopefully by then we're good to go. Okay, man. Uh, yeah hopefully for sure um so yeah so the draft uh that's mm-hmm. gonna be fun um mm-hmm. today we're gonna run through some mock drafts uh first mel kuyper's new one for espn and then lance zerline uh has updated his mock draft for nfl.com but before we yeah. get into that stuff we want to tell you guys about how awesome manscaped is and how important oh, it is yeah. to take care of all of the different parts of you, even the parts you <laughs> typically aren't told to take care of. Yeah. 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 Uh, you got to be a strong ball carrier, you know, no, no fumbles or what have <laughs> you. And certainly no unnecessary hits or nicks or pains. So, uh, yep. Gotta, you know, yeah. The, any good coach will tell you that who, who takes best care of the ball is always kind of the key to winning and losing a game. And uh, the people at Manscaped have turned us into believers of that, even with our uh, our very own self, self-grooming self measures. So, yeah. <laughs> it's so true. It's all so <laughs> true. And the best way to do that is to go through Manscaped, or if you use the code DNVR20, you can save 20% and have it all shipped to your door for free. Um we highly recommend the Lawnmower 3.0, which is a trimmer with a couple of different settings. And uh, it has like an LED light, which is really cool, um, mm-hmm. and other perks. Um, it's great in the shower, oh, no nicks, no pain. It's phenomenal. Oh, I haven't tried it in the shower. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's water. Well, I'll report yeah. back after this. Oh, wow. I didn't oh, even right. realize that. Uh huh. Also, yeah. Ryan's really high on the ball deodorant. So yep. that's exciting, yep. I guess. So make that's sure you check that out. I think that if, if you struggle with ball order, odor, then it's probably a great <laughs> option for you. And even if you don't, 
I think that some extra precaution is always acceptable well, in that regard. Summer is coming, so yeah. Summer definitely. is coming, and hopefully we'll be outside for some of it. Um, so yeah. yeah, definitely be using Manscaped. They're awesome. Um, let's just jump into the top of this uh, draft from uh, Mel Kuypers first. So number one to Cincinnati, Joe Burrow, no surprise there. Uh, number yeah. two to Washington, Chase Young, really no surprise there. Um, yeah. Number three, Jeff Okuda to the Lions. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it could be Isaiah Simmons, but it's probably yes. Okuda. Um, yeah, sure. Four, the Giants take Isaiah Simmons. Five. Interesting. The, oh, you think that that's interesting? Yeah, I mean, we've kind of been locked in on offensive line at that pick. Um which feels like okay. a very Gettleman thing to do, build through the trenches. Um, at some point, we thought Derek Brown might make sense. I remember when we mm-hmm. saw Mace several months ago, um, actually before he even popped on the pod, he was saying how wide receiver seemed like a strong option at this pick. So um, I think that's really where the draft starts. We've said it all along. Okay, um, yep. You know, even the Lions, it's like, Okay, if it's not Okuda, it's Simmons. If it's not Simmons, it's Okuda. Or a trade down for a team that wants to move up for Herbert or Tua. But, um, you know, the the Giants are much more of an unknown. And I think it's interesting Kuyper's going with Simmons rather than one of those offensive linemen, which, of course, he mentions could be the direction Gettleman goes in regardless. Yeah. Um, you know, I could definitely see offensive line there. But to me, looking at the offensive linemen, um, all these left tackles who we we both like, um, comparing them to Isaiah Simmons, it just seems like S- Simmons is a much safer prospect. He's somebody who I think has a much higher chance of panning out than any of the four tackles. Um, what do you think? Sure, and could be much more of a transcendent talent. You know, the the guy they've got, the the head coach they hired, the former special teams coach, for the Pats, who's worked under both Saban and Belichick, if he has any say, I think he'd go after a guy like this precisely because that versatility, you know, just like for Matt Patricia in Detroit, having a, a versatile, positionless defensive playmaker like that, I think someone who comes from that coaching school understands that to a T, how you can manufacture pressure, you can disguise coverages. You can do all sorts of things that really he's a one in a million that allows you to do that. And as much as Gettleman might be the kind of GM that builds through the trenches, Gettleman's been a guy who in Carolina has gone after, you know, athletic linebackers um, in the top 15 before like Luke Keekley. So I definitely think Simmons is in there. We just haven't talked about him as much. Um, at this pick, particularly because I've kind of been of, as the idea that, you know, I think maybe Simmons is more of a favorite to go to Detroit if the pick stays there than he is so much um, to slide to the Giants, you know. Yeah, I think that all makes a lot, a lot of sense. Uh, number five, the Dolphins take Tua Tagovailoa. Um, yep. are, are you surprised at all that it's Tua and not Justin Herbert? Nope. I think that's another kind of coin toss, like the Detroit pick, where it's like, yeah, I could totally see them going Tua. I could totally see them going Herbert. There's kind of a case to be made for both. 
Um, it'll be really interesting to see how this, I mean, I just think teams will have to end up taking more of a gamble on Tua than they would have otherwise. Um, and maybe like videos like what Ian Rappaport tweeted out of Tua working out and looking really mm-hmm. like smooth. Um, maybe that plays a big part in swaying teams more so than it would in other years. Maybe the NFL draft becomes a bit like the NBA draft where like a workout video of a guy, a seven footer draining threes and like crossing over chairs really sways a team, you know, that like funky silly draft stuff that can go down. Huh? Yeah. Uh, number six is Justin Herbert going to the chargers. Um, Makes yeah, sense makes there sense. too, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So regardless of if they added like a, a Cam Newton or a Jameis Winston at this point in this like third wave of free agency, I still think quarterback is right around their top priority right now. Right. And a guy like Herbert, who's a known, like definitely will help you sell some tickets on the West coast. So yeah. Nice fit. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it would be pretty crazy though. I, if they do sign a guy like Jameis Winston or Cam Newton, so then they have one of those guys, they have Tyrod Taylor and they'd have a rookie. That would be a lot of, yeah. a, a lot of investments, I guess, in quarterbacks. Maybe, maybe you could get Cam Newton or Jameis Winston for cheap. Um, number seven, I the Panthers. And that's oh. why they've said they're sticking with Tyrod, you know? Um, yeah. So I, that's why it seems like a, a rookies even more likely and then the quarterback rooms in the AFC West are Car Mariota, you know, Locke Driscoll, Tyrod Herbert, and uh Mahomes with Chad Henney. So that'd huh. be that'd be interesting with the division adding Driscoll, Mariota, and Herbert to the mix in one yeah. offseason. It would. Uh number seven, the Panthers take Derek Brown. Um, we've been saying that for a long time. Um, yes. Yeah. I'm, I don't really have much to add again. Wide open, wide open for them. If Okuda slides in our last mock, I said, this is where the slide would end. Um, O-line could be in play as well. This is another team where it's wide open. Quarterback could very much be in play. Um, whether it's Jordan Love or maybe Herbert or Tua slides, this is an interesting pick for sure. Okay. Uh, number eight. Um, and, and as it stands here, if the Broncos are going after a tackle or a receiver, this is what you want to see in those first seven picks. Three receivers yeah. gone, um, and then the three defensive players gone as well. Um, four. Four defense players. I always forget about Chase Young. Um you said receiver, so now you're, I think you meant quarterback. Oh, did I? Yeah. Yeah. So you have the th- three quarterbacks gone. You have the four defensive players gone. And now it's yeah. just the tackles and the receivers right. that you're looking at. Um, so yeah. number eight, the first tackle off the board is Tristan Wirfs going to the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Could see it. Makes sense for, you know, Kingsbury's offense where you want a little more movement skills, a little athleticism. Yep. Um, if, if you were picking a tackle, would you take Worf's first? Oh, be a toss up with him and Thomas. I'm still higher on Thomas than most. 
Um, though, man, Wills and Becton are right up there, too. Um, so it's kind of scheme dependent and yep. uh, kind of need dependent. Um, no, no, I guess I'd stick with Thomas, who I think is safer and not given enough credit for the upside he has. All right. Uh, number nine. This one's a bit of a surprise. Uh, Javon yeah. Kinlaw, the defensive tackle from South Carolina, going to Jacksonville. Um, good for totally. the Broncos, though, probably. Great for the Broncos, yeah. Uh, to think they would pass up on a wide receiver at this point is very interesting. Um, and who knows? They could be a dark dark horse for Jordan Love as well at this point. But yeah, Kinlaw's rise, very interesting here. All right. Uh, number 10, the Browns take Mekhi Becton. Uh, the tackle from Louisville. Yeah, I'm not sure I agree with that fit based on the fact that they'll be using a little more zone. Um, but I guess Becton's probably more athletic than Wills, and if the NFL's lower on Thomas than I am, I guess I could see it. Yeah. Um, number 11, another tackle. The Jets take Jedrick Wills. Yep, makes a lot of sense. That's kind of where we have them penciled in. Nothing to argue there. And then this one is kind of surprising, too. Vegas takes C.J. Henderson, the cornerback, instead Ooh. of addressing the needs at receiver. Wow. That's yeah. kind of the first surprise pick here. Um, a great for the Broncos. Absolutely yep. phenomenal for the Broncos. Um, it's crazy, like, to reach on, Z- on C.J. Henderson in the top 15 when, like, Xavier Rhodes was a one-year contract and logan ryan's still very much available and like other like pretty solid starters at the nfl level are still around in free agency and for someone to henderson be go that high but it goes to show you i i do believe that combine's gonna give him a big jump um the combine's gonna probably factor in more than it has in previous years and you know henderson's always had that high pedigree for teams that want to play more man and are less concerned about the physicality and tackling, um, he could definitely jump up. Huh. Uh, number 13 now, finally a receiver off the board uh, with the 49ers taking Jerry Judy. Yeah, kind of a bummer, but hey, we'll take it with how the first 12 picks have gone so far. And this, is, this was the fear all along of uh, San Fran trading up, right, was that Mm-hmm. They would take one of the Broncos' targets with this pick. Yep. Uh, then next up, 14, Tampa Bay takes Andrew Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there goes the fourth big tackle. So kind of a bummer, but can't say we didn't see it coming. And this was our plan all along, right? We're taking the wide receiver round one and going to address yep. that tackle need in round two and develop one. Um, with all those high upside second tier offensive tackles. And Mel Kuyper says that the Broncos are going to take Henry Ruggs here over CeeDee Lamb. Yeah. Um, Henry Ruggs sure seems like the guy for Denver um, by a lot of people's accounts, though. If the combine's going to matter more this year than it has in other years, I just find it hard to believe that all these mocks keep having Henry Ruggs dropping right in their lap when I could easily see him be the first wide receiver off the board. 
Yep, for sure. Um, and then going through the rest of this, uh, we can move a little bit quickly. Uh, 16, it's Kayla Von Chassen from LSU mm-hmm. going to Atlanta. Yep. Makes sense? Um, yeah, for sure. 17, the Cowboys take C.D. Lamb. Um, great value there. Yeah, amazing value. Um, and like a How could you turn that down? For Dak. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then DeAndre Swift kind of popping in the top 20 at the 18th pick with the Dolphins. Very interesting there. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I believe that's pretty accurate with where I have Swift ranked on my board, but nice to see that we're, we're, we're starting to see that in some mocks. Um, you know, for Kuiper, that's very plugged in, that that's maybe kind of the word on the street these days is that Swift could be the first running back taken and he could be go much higher than where I've mocked him before. So that's an interesting one, definitely. Yep, and then 19, the Raiders get T. Higgins um, mm-hmm. addressing the receiver need. Is that the receiver you would go for after those top three? Not at all. Um, I'm surprised huh. that Higgins would survive that terrible pro day um, and make it to that pick. I think Justin Jefferson or even Denzel Mims uh, will go higher than T. Higgins. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Visca go higher um, or, you know, even a Jalen Rhaegar for a team that's trying to add that speed receiver. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm fairly surprised to see Higgins still going in the top 20 there. All right. Uh, then 20, Jacksonville takes Antoine Winfield Jr., um yeah let's get used to this i mean he's a guy that we watch a lot of college football and we like him a lot but as i'm really kind of locking in on my safety rankings um he's right there with the best of them Um, and i could see that versatility and on ball production really paying off and getting him drafted very high noteworthy that kuiper has him listed as a safety slash cornerback and we've talked about the value of that hybrid position in Vic Fangio's defense, a lot of defensive coordinators like that versatility in their DBs nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. And he's somebody who we really liked. seems mm-hmm. like a long time ago talking about sure. as like a fourth, fifth round prospect. And now he's oh, just yeah. flying all the way up to the first round. That's pretty crazy to see. Yeah, total. Um, 21, the Eagles take Justin Jefferson. Yep. Need a receiver. He's probably the best up there. Would you take him yes. or Mims first? Mm. Boy, it is a toss-up, but I am just slightly more intrigued by Mims' upside. Um, but this is another one where on my board, they are ranked neck and neck. Uh, 16 and 17, same grade. I know I, I, I've said that about a few different guys like Lamb and Judy fall that same way on my board. Thomas Wirfs mm-hmm. fall that same on my board. Mims and Jefferson, same thing. Um, we're splitting hairs and Mims just slightly higher than Jefferson uh, based on right. the fact that I think he has a little more upside. And then Mims is up next at 22 to the Vikings. Uh, makes sense. Trade Stefan Diggs. Um, then the Patriots take Jordan Love at 23. I feel like this is a pick that we've seen a lot of too. Yeah, totally though. Boy, I wonder if Love is their kind of guy. Um, yeah, I don't know. Color me skeptical. Though they've gone after athletic guys like Jimmy G and of course, you know, McDaniels uh, drafting Tebow with the Broncos and what have you. 
Um, so it's not like they're trying to just draft uh, the Jake Fromms of the world and try to replicate Brady. But yeah, Jordan Love as a fit with them, a guy who I kind of question the decision-making and the accuracy does seem like a, a smidge of an odd fit, I'd say. Okay. Uh, 24, is Kenneth Murray going to the Saints? Yep. Great pick. Um, back and forth on mocks with who the first linebacker taken will be. Murray's mm-hmm. the top one here, and I tend to agree with that. Okay. Um, AJ Epinesa falls all the way to 25 with the Vikings. Yep. They replace Everson Griffin with this, so makes sense. I could see a corner going here as well. Um, maybe Fulton or someone like that sneaks into this this area of round one, even Trayvon Diggs or Jeff Gladney. And then the first of the second tier of tackles with Josh Jones going yeah. to Miami. Yep. Yep. Josh Jones. Josh Jones is a guy, I guess I was listening to Matt Miller of Bleacher Reports podcast on the draft, another guy that's very plugged in nationally. And he was saying how Josh Jones would be a great pick for the Broncos at 15. Um, wow. Which I cringed a little. I guess I could see yep. it. But um, yeah, interesting that he'd drop at 26. I think in my mock, I originally had something like this unfolding, but then I was like, they're if they're taking tackle with one of those secondary round one picks, they're taking it at 18 and not risking him dropping. So I might have flip-flopped Josh Jones and DeAndre Swift if this was my mock. Yeah, that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, then 27, the Seahawks take Yeter Gross Matos, defensive end from Penn State. Yeah, he's an interesting one who we haven't talked about much. I want to watch his tape more and get more familiar. Could he be a dark horse pick for the Broncos, maybe at pick 46, because he could be put inside? Um, Seahawks, though, really hard to read. I think they're a team that seems perfectly suited to take a flyer on Visca. Just throwing it out. Huh. Yeah. Uh, 28, the Ravens take Patrick Queen, the other linebacker, Uh this one from LSU. Makes yep, sense. Makes sense. Yep. Um, twenty nine. Oh. Ezra Cleveland, the tackle going to the Titans. How heartbroken are you? I'm pretty heartbroken. Again, I mean, yeah. I like. I, I think Ezra Cleveland is my favorite of that second tier of tackles. You know, with mm-hmm. uh, obviously Josh Jones, Prince Tagawanagu, um, Austin Jackson, all of them, Lucas yeah. Niang. Yeah, but uh, yeah. They all do kind of feel interchangeable. And what, what I don't like yeah. about this is that it's just one more off the board. And so you're kind right. of getting stuck with right. like the third or fourth of that second tier at 46 likely, if, if any right. are even left. Yeah, totally, totally. And who knows, maybe, I mean, maybe the best way to allot assets instead of moving up to get the wide receiver you want in round one is to move up from 46 to really ensure you you get one of those second-tier offensive tackles that you really believe in. Yep, I would agree. Um, then this is a surprising pick. At 30, the Packers oh, yeah. taking Chase Claypool. Crazy, man. Crazy. Yep. But again, if the Combine's really going to impact things, this is a pick I could see. Um, I would take a bunch of other big-body wide receivers ahead of him. Um, like Michael Pittman Jr., Donovan People Jones, who also blew up the combine, Antonio Gandy Golden, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, even Brian Edwards of South Carolina, 
um, or Juwan Johnson of Oregon would be in that conversation. Claypool, though, he blew up the combine. The tape isn't great because they were kind of a run-first offense, not a great quarterback, kind of overshadowed by other receiving targets on Notre Dame. But his appeal is immense because he promises to basically be a guy like Noah Fant or Evan Ingram, who's, you know, tight end or wide receiver. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter, but he's that big guy in the slot who is just going to be a massive mismatch for you. And he could be what they, what the Packers hoped Jimmy Graham would be to me. It's like four rounds too soon or three rounds too soon in this loaded wide receiver class. But uh, beauty's in the eye of the beholder once you get into that second or third tier of wideouts. So that's interesting, though. One of the more eye-opening picks in this mock. Yeah, um, and then thirty-one. Uh, Noah Igbenogene. We haven't said that name in forever. The cornerback from yeah. Auburn going to the Forty ers I just call him Noah I. Um, yeah, I like that. Part. I I, <laughs> I could see this pick. I wonder if they'd go D line too, but this is kind of where we've had a corner penciled in all along. And but yeah, a guy like maybe Ross Blaylock or even Marlon Davidson would be interesting here to replace the Forrest Buckner for them. All right, um, and then Kansas City to close out the first round. Cesar Ruiz. Um, yeah. center and guard from Michigan first interior offensive lineman taken yeah yeah um, interesting that Kuiper has Ruiz ahead of you know Cushenberry Biadash um, that group of studs but yeah man his stock is going way up and he's got the athleticism and nasty streak he's a fun watch um, and yeah that'd be a great pick for the Chiefs all right, uh, let's fly through the Lance Zerline mock draft before we uh, yep. run through 15 picks of our own. Um, Perfect. So, number one, he has the Dolphins trading up to take Joe Burrow at number Ooh. one. That's pretty nice crazy. Pick. I could see yeah. that, though, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, they and have Cincinnati's, the animation if they want him. Right, and Cincinnati spent big in free agency, which is very unlike them. They still haven't traded Andy Dalton, so they have that veteran starter if that's the direction they want to keep going in. Um, So, yeah, it's it's intriguing. And there was always a rumor back at the Senior Bowl that the Bengals liked Herber, and that's who they end up with by trading down. So who knows? Mm -hmm. So then you go to number two with the Redskins. They take Chase Young. Not a surprise. Number three... The Chargers trade up to take Tua Tagovailoa. Again, yeah. you could see it. Yes, totally. Uh, number totally. four, Makai Becton is the first tackle off the board for the Giants. Uh, number five, this is now the Bengals pick. It was the Dolphins. They take Justin Herbert, who, as you said, right. might be more of the Bengals guy. Um, mm-hmm. Six, Jeffrey Okuda. Seven, Jedrick Wills. Eight to the Cardinals, Isaiah Simmons. That's that's yeah. a bit of a fall for both Okuda and Simmons. Yeah, totally. And with the quarterbacks being pushed up and the offensive line getting pushed up a little, I could see that happening. Um, you know, it works out perfectly for the Lions trading down and still getting Okuda and Simmons yep. to the 
to the cards makes really kind of gives them a second playmaker with Chandler Jones on on defense uh, to compete in the NFC West, where there's some tough defenses. Yep. Um, and then number nine, Derek Brown goes mm-hmm. to the Jaguars. So are are right. you tempted to trade up into this range when you see, and specifically, I guess Isaiah Simmons and Derek Brown going eight and nine still available there. Totally. And I mean, nine, having done these, looking through both these mocks, it does feel like the Jaguars are in a sweet spot where they're not really going to care if they get Brown, if they get Kinlaw, if they get one of the wide receivers. They're just trying to add value and rebuild. And moving up from that 15th pick to the ninth pick is going to cost you about 300 points on the trade value chart. That's equivalent to the Broncos' highest third rounder and a couple fourths, another third rounder, maybe a 2021 third rounder. You can make that move up, work to the Jaguars' pick for basically the haul that the Steelers gave up. No, no, because the Steelers gave up a second rounder, right? Um, So just for two, two third rounders. Um, and maybe that's one this year and one next year. That seems pretty doable. And yeah, then you could start looking at maybe an Isaiah Simmons, a Derek Brown falling. You could have basically your pick of the litter at both wide receiver and offensive tackle. That would be a very intriguing position to move up to. Okay. Uh, number 10, the Browns take Tristan Wirfs. So yeah, makes more sense you're now than back s- to me. Yep, you've now seen three of the tackles go off the board. Still no receivers. Um, yep. And then 11, C.D. Lamb goes to the Jets. 12, yeah. Jerry Judy goes to the Raiders. Uh-huh. And right now you're kind of staring down that worst-case scenario if you're the Broncos. Um, and this is bit. where you might have to make a panic trade when there are two players you like left with Henry Ruggs and uh, Andrew Thomas. Um but there's still two picks before number 15. So right here, if, if you're the Broncos, are you trying to trade up till 13? Or are, are you more interested in trading down from 15 and picking up some more assets? Maybe getting another second round pick? I think you're trying to trade up at this point. Um, I think you're getting on the phone with Elway's old pal, John Lynch. John calls John. They've probably already worked out. A scenario like this um john says hey john you don't want henry ruggs you guys like yak guys you don't care about rugs let me trade up get my guy you'll still have javon kinlaw available by 15 and you'll be fine and they work out a deal for maybe the broncos second third round pick where the the niners are still getting better value than they would it's not as costly to the Broncos who are going to need to at some point, um, you know, uh, what am I thinking of putting their assets together to, uh, you know, not have all those rookie picks. Um, So that's where I think this, this scenario would really lead you to a a trade up. All right. Um, So there is no trade up in this mock draft. Uh, it's still San Francisco at 13, and they take Javon Kinlaw. 
and all of a sudden mm-hmm. the Broncos problems are kind of alleviated. Uh, and then yeah. the Bucks at 14 take Andrew Thomas. And so the Broncos take Henry Ruggs, as you'd expect, because he's kind of the last of that group of whatever, 12 guys that the Broncos are interested in. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, from what you are telling me off air, you wouldn't love this pick. Like, in general, no. you don't love seeing Ruggs just constantly mock to the Broncos. I don't. Um, you know, see, like, this is the situation where they should take Henry Ruggs. Um, if this is sure. how everything right. falls, then right. I think that Henry Ruggs is the best player available to the Broncos. Um, yes. If one of the tackles is still available, then I think that's a conversation. If C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy's available, then I think it's a pretty easy decision to go toward one of those two guys who, again, right. they have produced. And that's the big thing for me. With with Henry Ruggs, there's just so much more projection than there is with either of those two guys. Um, because with C.D. Lamb, with Jerry Judy, you know what you're getting. You're getting somebody who's going to be able to contribute day one um, and still have a very high ceiling, um, potential Hall of Fame type of ceiling. With Henry Ruggs, Definitely has that ceiling. We've seen what, you know, Tyreek Hill, for example, has done. But I, I'm not so sure that he's coming in day one and contributing the way those other two would. Right, right. Um, no, I hear you. And I think, you know, we, we keep talking about that magical top 11 that you're hoping, the or top 12, the 12 non-quarterbacks that you're mm-hmm. hoping to drop to the Broncos there's a little separation within that where the dream scenario to me is really lamb Judy um and one of the top defenders always kind of a dream scenario and then yeah. the the top tackles are are dreamish especially Wirfs and Thomas and then you get into Becton Wills Rugs, where it's more upside or you know tone setting but it's it's I'm not going to be as psyched as I would if like Judy or Lamb drop in our lap or Tristan Wirfs or they move up a couple spots to get Isaiah Simmons or something really really like wow uh, baller move like that. Um, so yeah, okay, Agreed. cool. I just wanted to get your thoughts out there. I don't think we need to run through the rest of the draft. I just point out a couple interesting picks, and it really is just the end of the first round for Lance Zerline. You have Zach Bond going to the Ravens at 28, the edge rusher from Wisconsin, who's got a well-rounded game, but still he's an outside linebacker in a 3-4. He's got Jeff Gladney going um, as the second cornerback taken. No, the third. He still has Henderson top 16. Um, so that's noteworthy. Gladney goes to the Titans as the third corner taken. Then he has Rieger going, or Rhaegar going to the Packers at 30. So that's that Chase Claypool pick. He has the Niners taking Trayvon Diggs. Trayvon Diggs is a perfect fit for the Niners. I really think that makes a lot of sense. And then I hope this doesn't happen. He has the Chiefs taking DeAndre Swift, which is a scary proposition for yeah. Broncos fans. Yes, it is. Um, Before we move on to our top 15 mock draft that we want to do today, um, 
we want to tell you about how cool the farmhouse is at Breckenridge Brewery. Um, so Breckenridge obviously has like the massive facilities. I think it was something, I think they said it was $36 million to build all those facilities out there. And they had to get like special German beer people brought in who are certified to build their, see, I don't understand a lot of it, but the things that they brew the beer in. Um, And so there's all that cool stuff going on. But what's also really cool is the farmhouse which is basically a restaurant where you can try all the beers as well. Obviously the food is great. Um, when, when everything opens back up again, they have cornhole out back, um, a whole bunch of different games. It's just like a cool place to go spend an afternoon, get some food, drink some beers. And right now they are delivering and they actually, uh, opened up their delivery radius to include me for example i'm like right up at the top edge i'm in by like three blocks um oh it's yeah no i'm definitely gonna have to use this and the best part is if you use the code dnvr you get five dollars off your meal so it's perfect um so so you can either go pick it up or order for delivery uh, from noon to 8 p.m every day um, you can get the 15 can sampler through Drizzly too. Um, Beautiful. there's a whole bunch of cool things that you can do and you guys should be taking advantage of that. Uh, also want to tell you about Davidson's liquor. Um, mm-hmm. another great option to use. Um, Davidson's is located South of Denver. They have locations in Centennial and Highlands ranch. Um, all of their orders are now curbside or delivery only. So yeah. what you want to do is download their app and there will be deals. Uh, they have a loyalty program and then you can set your orders through there so that you can just drive over, pick them up curbside or just order it for delivery because that's even easier. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. I actually need to do both those things. I know. So do I. I'm excited. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, let's do our mock draft now. Let's so, do it. Number one, uh, the Bengals. Are they taking? Yeah, yeah they are. Um, okay. Still, yeah, so there's exactly. And it, I think that it would make a lot of sense from the trade down and all that stuff. But the odds of all of those things working together in one specific way make it really hard to just project that that's what's going to happen. Um, so yeah let's give them joe burrow move on to the redskins at number two uh chase young yep Yep. sir Uh, number three the lions lions i'm i'm isaiah simmons i'm team simmons are you now okay yeah i like it uh the giants giants i think it's o-line at this point um, I think so too. They feel like Becton guys. They just feel like a mm. Becton team. Um, All right. Uh, number five, yeah. the Dolphins quarterback. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'll, I'll let you choose. I've been back and forth on Tua, Tua Herbert for Miami. They feel like Tua to me. Let's do it. Number six are the Chargers. Easy breezy, making, right? Move. Yep. 
I they, think they've so. got it. I think so. They've got to go yeah. quarterback. Yeah, they. If have they to, sign man. like a Cam Newton or something, then maybe, maybe not. But eh. still, right. I I think more like maybe the Panthers trade up. Um, mm. you know, and then they don't have one of the top three quarterbacks there. Maybe they still go Jordan Love, or maybe at that point they go offensive tackle and wait till round two, and maybe they go after a guy like Jalen Hurts or someone like that. Yeah, you could definitely see that. Um, but as it stands now, Panthers at pick number seven, I feel, I, I mean, Okuda has to be tempting has to be. But I still like that Derek Brown fit. Wow. Over Okuda. Yeah. I, I, I well, think for the Panthers in particular. It's a new regime, okay. so we really won't know until after this draft what kind of tendencies they have. Um, I see it hard for Okuda, but I, I'm, I'm game to let Okuda slide just a bit if you think they stick to their guns and go Derek Brown. Let's go, Kuda. It's it's just so hard to pass him up at this point. I know, but I I well, can and, still see it. Yeah, no, totally. I could too. I could also see Brown sliding a bit, so that's why I'm I'm a little more skeptical that Brown goes ahead of someone like Okuda. Yeah, for sure. Um, and now the Cardinals, and I think here you're probably looking at either getting another weapon for Kyler Murray or protecting Kyler Murray. Yeah. And as much as, you know, it makes sense to add a defensive talent, I don't think Brown or even Kinlaw are their style. Um, no. So, yeah, I think, oof, interesting. You've got Werfs or Lamb. I could see Ruggs being the top wide receiver taken here too, man. Um, and, but the thing is, they just added DeAndre Hopkins. So I think they're all right at wide receiver. And I think they go yeah. Tristan Wirfs here. Yep. Yep. Uh, now to number nine, the Jaguars. Um, CeeDee Lamb still available. Jedrick Wills. Uh, Caleb Von Chass and Derek Brown. And then Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy, too. Yeah, I mean, I guess based on their needs, you would think defense is the direction they'd go. And this is another sneaky pick for C.J. Henderson, for example. Or this is why, like, Kinlaw was going in Piper's mock. I just think if they're doing the smart thing and they know they're rebuilding anyways, you just go with the best player available. And I think that's C.D. Lamb. Wow. Actually, I I think that's Derek that's Derek Brown, frankly. Um, but I don't. Maybe they do go Derek Brown, man. I think maybe that, they that's just the conversation. And they're just I, th- like I think. And they go Brown, yeah. And and I like what you said about C.J. Henderson too. Uh, I think that yeah. he really could be a sneaky pick here, and I think that'd mm-hmm. be the wrong decision, but. I think it has to cross their mind after losing Boye and Jalen Ramsey in such a short period of time. Yeah. But I do think it boils down to CeeDee Lamb or Derek Brown. Oh, man. I guess Brown feels like we're just running back the clock. We're trying to rebuild the same way we've been trying to rebuild. Lamb is like, yo, let's get some excitement here. Let's build this team around the offense with Minshew Lamb, DJ Chark, Fournette, uh, you know, Cam Robinson, and 
like D.D. Westbrook, Marquise Lee. Right. Like, there are just so many guys who have almost panned out. Keelan Cole was fun for a minute. Yeah, right. You know, and but but C.D. Lamb would be a pretty clear upgrade. Um, And if they're actually considering trading Yannick and Gakwe, do you think that makes it more or less likely they'd go after a Derek Brown? Um, it probably makes it less likely. Um, they are the you really would go best player available, which again, according to my board, is Brown in this um scenario. But you know, you're you're less worried about an immediate contributor, and you're more going with high upside. And there is going to be a conversation of what's Brown's upside, what kind of impact does he bring against the passing game is he worth the top 10 pick you know a lot of these highly touted defensive tackles in the past like leonard williams or um oh i'm blanking but a, a bunch of others that have been drafted fairly high recently just haven't lived up to the hype um and then go in free agency for like basically nothing um and so i think that's the fear with a guy like like Darren Bra- Derek Brown. So I don't know. It's really, it's really a toss up, man. Um, but I guess I feel like it has to be CD lamb. I'm, I'm down oh, towards Brown. Let's, do it. let's, let's mix Brown. it up and do lamb. No, let's no, do let's it. There we it go. Up. Okay. Okay. Number 10, the Browns. Yeah. I feel like it's an offensive tackle regardless of Conklin. They still need that left tackle. Um, and it's between Wills and Thomas, neither a perfect fit in a zone scheme. Thomas, probably the less awkward fit though. Um, and we'll, we'll see this draft will be very telling as to where his stock sits at. Yeah. Um, want to go Thomas? Let's do it. Okay. Um, now the jets, I mean, they could take Wills now. They sure could, which is a pick that a lot of people have mocked to them. Well, so I, I feel like we that's probably the move. Do that, yeah. So now you um, have now the Brown sliding, and Henry Ruggs with Jerry Judy sliding as well, um, which is I interesting. still, th- I still think the Raiders want Henry Ruggs. Yes, and maybe I agree. it's that it's that speed thing. They always draft speedy receivers, and just betting on them to do the same thing over and over again might be dumb. But it's what they do. Yeah, I mean, with Mayock and Gruden in there, maybe things are a little different. I just think Ruggs is really intriguing to NFL teams. And if he's not the first wide receiver taken, I think he's the second. Um, So, yeah, I tend to agree. Though Brown will be in the mix here, as will C.J. Henderson. But I agree Mm -hmm. completely on Henry Ruggs. All right. Um, And now the 49ers have a chance to take Derek Brown. Do you think they do it? This falls perfectly for the Niners, who are looking at Judy, who seems like an ideal fit for them. Derek Brown, nice replacement for uh, for DeForest Buckner and C.J. Henderson, because that's been their biggest need all along. If they value Henderson yep. above the next best corner, who they might be able to get with that second first round pick. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of a toss up here. Sadly, sadly, Hank, I think they go Judy. Yep, I could see it. I mean, he's I he seems like the type of receiver they'd they'd want. Yeah, 
yeah, I just think they go Judy. So it's a bummer, but that's it how it is. Okay. And now the Bucks. What do they do? Um, cool. Good question. They're in a weird spot here now. I mean, I, they could go Justin Jefferson even. They could go Josh Jones. Um, they could go Kinlaw still. They could go Derek Brown. They could go they, Derek Brown. No, they did sign in Dominican Sue, and this is very much a team in win-now mode. Um, would yeah. they be interested in adding a running back who could help Brady and be an outlet in the passing game like DeAndre Swift? Um, do they add a second tight end and reach on Cole Komet to try to replicate that kind of offense? Um, there's, then adding Brady kind of changes the entire narrative and paradigm around this defense uh, around this team and yet i still think you go with Derek brown the best plug and play uh starter you have available on the board and oh, talk about even though they have and dominican sue and vita vea yeah vea more than sue because sue ultimately is on a one-year contract you're right the fit with true. i hadn't thought about how can they make Vea and Brown, which in their three-man front probably would both be the nose tackle? Um, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe it, it's Kinlaw. I think it's a trade. It really could be, and this could be a trade-down situation as well. I think that's what we're getting at. I think DeAndre Swift would make a lot of sense for this team, but it's just tough to see them spending that high of a pick. Like and and, or, and you wonder how much control Tom Brady actually has, right. but yeah, he I seems like a that. trade down for Swift, trade down, grab a tight end somewhere too, grab another receiver in a couple rounds. Well, all along we've had kind of a tackle penciled in if the tackle dropped. Is mm-hmm. this a team that is less worried about Josh Jones's upside and is? happy to just get a guy who's really solid in pass protection and can plug and play him right then, right now. There's been such a run on tackles. They don't really feel like they're reaching. They feel like, man, good thing we've got the last guy who we feel like could start day one in the NFL and we're not stuck with one of these higher upside prospects. I think that's the pick, dude. I think it's Josh Jones. I think so too. Let's pull the trigger. Let's so now, the Broncos have their pick of Derek Brown, Kayla Von Chasson, C.J. Henderson, yeah. Javon Kinlaw, Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Mims, of course, still remaining. Um, yep. It has to be Derek what, Brown, though, right? Uh, by by a mile, the best player left on my board. Um, yeah, yeah, I think, I think, instead of Purcell having Derek Brown as the nose tackle on your defense <laughs> with Casey um, Jones, Chubb, and Vaughn Miller. I mean, forget about mm-hmm. it. That is terrifying for opposing defense, uh, opposing offenses to try and stop. Um, all of a sudden, it's like, who cares about the back seven? You've got those guys they're going to destroy. Um, yep. So, no, I, I think it's Derek Brown all day, every day, and twice on Sunday or whatever the, the expression I just butchered is. 
Hey, all right. Not bad. That was a weird one. That was a weird one. I could see Derek Brown drop, and I told you, and I, I Mm -hmm. could see, I could very realistically see there being a run on offensive tackles and wide receivers and quarterbacks. That makes it so that, yeah, that's you got to kind of be creative here, and maybe now you keep all your day two picks and you load up on offensive talent, you know, offensive tackle, uh, maybe two wide receivers, and then... A Biotish, um, a Cushionberry in there maybe too. Right, totally, totally. And then in, in day three, maybe that's where you, you trade some of your seventh round picks to move up into the fifth or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, you guys gave us a bunch of questions. We're going to get to those right after we tell you about um, Mile High Green Cross. So Mile High Green Cross is super convenient for me because it's about two blocks away at 9th and Sherman, and they are still open. Um, You can't go in. You have to order ahead, but when you order ahead, you get to just go straight to the parking lot behind the uh, building, and they will bring whatever you order straight to you. The best part is, once a month, you get 20% off your purchase if you mention DNVR and you're signed up for their loyalty program. That can save you a bunch of money. Their $99 pre-packed ounces are already marked down to $89. Imagine taking another 20% off of that and then just swing into the parking lot out back and they'll bring it right to you. Uh, it's so convenient. Cannot recommend those guys enough. Just mention DNVR and sign up for that loyalty program and you will be good to go. Okay. All right, my man. I think we we got a message that one of these questions was meant for the Broncos pod, um, regular pod, and I'm actually <laughs> seeing maybe we have two that fall under that. So, um, okay. I think the first two you'll find in here are not for us, but we oh, still wow. appreciate you guys adding to the comment section. We do. Um, let's see. Uh, do you want to read we'll the first one? Bronco. Yeah, you got it. Lone Star Bronco chimes in. Hey, guys, thanks for answering my questions last week. I'm back again. KJ Hamler, I don't like him. I know you all haven't been high on him either. That being said, why? I don't like him because I can't unsee the Sean Hamilton comp. Would he be an upgrade over Hamilton? If so, would you rather have Hamilton and the draft pick or Hamler and obviously lose the draft pick? Um, he follows up. Also, do you worry about longevity and sustainability at only 176 pounds? The only other wide receiver that light I can remember was JJ Nelson a few years back, and he ran a 427, but has been a non factor. So durability hasn't really been tested. What do you think? Um, I think the, the comps with Hamilton don't scare me at all. I think they're vastly different wide receivers when you take the Penn State part out of the question and the slot receiver on their entirely different slot receivers. Um, In best case scenario for Handler is he's Percy Harvin. Um, Though Percy Harvin, Lone Star Bronco brings up a great point. Harvin was in the 180s, even 190s. And that made him a much more dangerous yak weapon. Um, Handler... He's, he's a yak weapon because of that speed. But yeah, durability is going to be a question and his ability to break 
tackles is going to be in question and his ability to make contested catches is going to be in question. And you're really going to have to be creative and smart in the way you use him. And I don't necessarily think Pat Shermer's offense has used guys like this who are exclusively slot, quick guys who, you know, they're weapons, you get the ball in their hands, you give them some jet sweeps, um, and you do stuff like that. I think um, the weight scares me less because of the player he is. You just need to know he's kind of stuck in that box. Like, that is who he is. Um, but, you know, light guys have made it work, like Marquise Brown for the for the Ravens before. But you also worry that if he's not used the right way, maybe it just ends up being a Tavon Austin um, and just doesn't pan out. And in a wide receiver class like this one, I would rather not be that pigeonholed on Handler and have a few more. You know, like in the end, I always try to think of different scenarios in which things will work and won't work. His scenario is very pigeonholed. Others have a few different scenarios where things can work out. And having a mm-hmm. little more of a safety blanket would be nice. Yep. I agree with all of that. Um, I think that in that second round range, there are a few of those guys like KJ Hamler, um, Brandon Ayuk. Um, Jalen Rager and all of them kind of feel that way to me I think that you know it's it's important to have fast players but I think that speed is kind of being overemphasized right now um, sure. especially for the Broncos because of you know Tyreek Hill and the Chiefs and everything that's being built there but around the league right. you know you see Marquise Brown who you brought up kind of being the, the game breaking potential for that Ravens offense on top of Lamar right. Jackson, obviously. But right. but I do think that that whole group of receivers, those, I mean, the second tier, the smaller second tier guys, I see some separation between that group and the, you know, Denzel Mims, Justin Jefferson, um, even Visca. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Pittman and, and even for me. Yep, yep. I think Hips. I'd put Pittman ahead of them as well. Uh, Donovan Higgins Peoples-Jones, mm-hmm. Higgins for sure. I'm I'm a little bit higher on Higgins than I think some others are. Um, sure, sure. But yeah, I, I'm kind of scared off. And I was watching some some of Jalen Rager, who has some similarities in his game this morning. And it's another one of those guys where he can stretch the field for you, um, and he can score on the nine routes. He can score on their sluggo routes. He can score on these little double move things, but most of his touches are going to come from the sweeps and all that kind of stuff. And I just feel like some of these guys leave you in that box. Like you said, um, that said, I do think he would be an upgrade over Deshaun Hamilton, maybe not day one, but four or five weeks into the season, I think he would pass him on the depth chart for sure. Yeah. 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 I think that's well put. Um, and now I realize the next question is from the count who had teased us on Twitter and told us he had a story to tell us. Um, he did. So it's another beautifully written con- comment. And since you are better at reading English words than me, I uh, <laughs> would advise you take this one and I not butcher the Count's beautiful writing. All right. So from Count Locula, chiefly, I'm writing to thank you gents for your sedulous answer to my draft question. I waited patiently until Saturday to listen to the pod 
My plan was to accompany my trail run in a futile attempt to thwart my ever-increasing dad bod with your harmonious voices. As Big H knows, phone service in Montana, even just outside of town, can be dicey. Needless to say, the draft pod wouldn't load. I'm always crunched to fit a run in during my son's nap, so I sadly ran without. However, upon my return to the trailhead, I found my truck boxed in by a car stuck in the snow. Rather than spend time fretting about it or waiting around, I found service, downloaded the pod, and went for another run, this time with the angelic glistening of you 2 in my earbuds. T'was a magical time, to say the least, and I may even have burned off a few of those extra beers I afforded myself earlier in the week. Thanks, <laughs> fellows, for always buoying my spirits. What kind of pods do you all listen to when not doing draft stuff? Love the count. Uh, for nice. me... I mostly yeah. listen to all of our podcasts, um, yeah. <laughs> which sounds like a plug. But but like when yes. when I realize I need to like listen to something, like I right. think my rotation is typically the Denver Sports Podcast first, and then whatever's uh-huh. going on. So like right now, the Broncos would be the next up in my rotation. Right. Um, right. But that's a very recent development because it was either like Abs or Nuggets because right. they were actually doing things. Um, but outside of us, I, I love Katie Nolan's podcast, Sports, a, mm, with a question yeah. mark. She's hilarious. Um, yeah. Mina Kimes, you know, the, the daily ESPN yep. um, podcast, that's a good one to be listening to for sure. Um, mm-hmm. All sports, all sports podcasts for me. Nice. Um, yeah, I definitely listen to our pods, and it's all like, what mood I'm in, what's going on. Like you were saying, um, when mm-hmm. the coaching changes, you know, when the whole coaching carousel was going on for both the college football teams, I was listening to you and Justin every morning. Oh, That's how I was starting my days. Um, oh yeah. As you were saying, I'll listen to the first segment of the Broncos pod. Cause I don't have two hours, not because I can only handle the first <laughs> segment um, during free agency news like this i was getting really amped about baseball and listening to drew and what was going on in arizona a couple weeks ago and yeah i'll listen to our special pods we've been doing like the mdr watches um but i try to listen to a lot of stuff i am definitely the mina kimes pod the espn daily Mm -hmm. she had a great um an italian baseball scout and he used to write for the Mm. same site i used to write for before kind of um, getting my start on the English side of, of media. Um, <laughs> and uh, I use, I listen to a lot of Gimlet media. They do great stuff. Those are non-sports related podcasts. Um, I love listening to Reply All. They do like okay. two podcasts a month, but they're doing deep journalistic dives into stuff. Um, and they're fascinating. It's kind of like that journalistic chase, you know, Hank, and they mm-hmm. do such a great job of putting you in that and like waiting to hear back from your sources and going on a wild goose chase. Um, I listened to the GM shuffle, which is Mike Lombardi's podcast. Um, he's been a former GM in the NFL and worked with some great people like, you know, Al Davis and Bill Walsh and Bill Belichick. So his insights are always interesting. So that's some of my favorite to listen to a good mix of sports, but then I, once in a while I sprinkle in some other stuff. All right. Yeah, that's good stuff. I, I, I also realized I listen to mostly like ESPN's college football podcast. Not as much uh-huh. this time of year because there isn't as much going on. But right. like starting in July, I'll probably start listening to that every day again. 
Right. So and yeah. when I'm up on my shows, I'll watch binge mode or I'll watch the rewatchables mm. on the ringer podcast network. You know, those can be fun to kind of get away from sports if I need to. Yeah. I I'm rarely away from sports. Um, yeah. Brian says, Hey guys, Brian here, AKA the rightful servant to Kyler Murray and Tariq Cohen. Who would y'all say is the most physically gifted receiver in our team's history? No production. Just who wins the underwear Olympics? Secondly, does signing Gordon start the clock on the deadline on Hey man, I can't Lindsay? really hear you now. Oh, you can't hear me? Now I hear you perfectly. Oh, okay. Um, did you yeah. read the question? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, uh let's dig in. Um, most physically so gifted receiver in the team's history. Oh, um, it's between Demarius Thomas and Brandon Marshall. Like two. I think Brandon Marshall's. Freaks. Yep. Yep. It's got to be would Brandon give Marshall. The, you would give the edge to him. Yeah. I mean, especially when he was with the Broncos, he was just like an unstoppable force of nature. Um, just mm-hmm. like a raw, rocked up dude who was so badass. Um, which receivers in this draft class, if they came to Denver, if any, would be the new most physically gifted receiver in team history? Donovan Peoples-Jones. Okay. Um, Chase Claypool would be right up yep. there. Uh, LaVisca Chenault. I think that's yep. the trio. I think You wouldn't put C.D. Lamb up there. Ah. <sighs> No, he misses the cut just barely because he's he doesn't have that elite size. He doesn't have that elite speed. Um, so in right. underwear Olympics, he's good, but he's not going to be like, oh, my God, like pick your jaw off the floor type deal. you know. All right. I think that's a good answer. Um, secondly, does signing Gordon start the clock on the deadline on re-signing Lindsay? Um. um I think the <sighs> clock was always started, right? Like mm-hmm. their clocks are kind of lined up is what it is. Um, and I thought yep. Ryan put this perfectly in the Denver sports podcast yesterday um, in that, you know, really Phil is under team control for the next two years. None of the playmakers on the Broncos are getting paid right now because they're all just young guys. Um, so really once Gordon's off the books, that's where you'll start paying Phil and Sutton and those guys. And it'll kind of even out and not be too big of a deal. Yeah. And if you're Phil, you can be frustrated because like you, you are two times. Is he, or I guess he has 2000 yard seasons. He's a pro bowler. Um, and he's making very little money. Um, that'll go up next year after he becomes an RFA. Um, and so oh, the Broncos right. will have to like give right. him like the third round tender or whatever. They they could yeah. deal with that stuff beforehand um, if they wanted to, and just give him a bump. I, I don't know. I think, but again, he's frustrated. But the reason that he isn't making more money is that he didn't convince NFL GMs to draft him. If, right. if he could have played his way into the fifth round. And then there's the other flip side of that, which is he actually played pretty well and probably couldn't have done much more. Um, yep. And, and probably deserved to be drafted. Yeah, yeah exactly. Totally. So 
so that's all the stuff that's going into it. He's he's being underpaid for what he produces, but that's why teams want to hit on late round guys and undrafted guys because that's where all the surplus value can be found. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how it plays out. Well, I mean, I haven't followed the situation of, but I doubt he'd hold out. Um, yeah. yeah exactly. This is just how football works. Yeah. Um, Brian, yeah, also, man. if there's anyone... Oh, do you have thoughts? No, no, no. Yep, go ahead. I was just going to say that there's some questions in the mix that maybe weren't meant for us, but we'll tackle them as they come. Exactly, yep. Um, Brian also says, also, if there's anyone in SoCal that plays paintball, hit me up. I still play all the time. Love it. Nice. Um, RDD Hollowall. Oh, he says RD Dollywall. Oh, wow. Oh, this is going to be a fun one. We're going to have to go quick, okay? Okay. Um, Do you know number anything one. about Harry Potter, though? Um, I've seen the movies. Okay, cool. So, yeah. Um, cool. Number one, over under 50 sacks for our D-line, assuming we re-sign Wolf. Last year, we had 40 sacks and gave up 41 sacks. We didn't have so Bradley for I, the whole year, he points out. Um, let's let's say over. over. Yeah, over total. Uh, Number two, over under 13 interceptions for our cornerbacks and safeties. Last year we had 10 interceptions as a team. Um, No Chris Harris, bring in Boye. Uh, Simmons grows another year. Callahan back. I'd say over. Um, I think the pass rush helps too. Yeah, it should. Boy, I think 13's right on the money because he says only cornerbacks and safeties. I think I go under. I think as a team, they could go over. Okay. With, you know, like there's that Shelby Harris style interception and a linebacker to get a pick, uh, but not 13 from just the corners and safeties. Okay. Yep. I think that's a good call. Number three for Pat, also for Drew. Uh, four, over under 16 combined rushing receiving touchdowns for Lindsey and Gordon. Probably over. Over, over, definitely. Yep. Definitely. Um, yeah. Number five, what house would the sorting hat from Harry Potter pick for each of you? Houses, <laughs> Gryffindor. Gryffindor values courage, bravery, nerve, and chivalry. Gryffindor's mascot is the lion, and its colors are scarlet and gold. Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff values hard work, patience, justice, and loyalty. The house mascot is the badger, and its colors are canary yellow and black. Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw values intelligence, creativity, learning, and wit. The house mascot is an eagle, and the house colors are blue and bronze, blue and silver in the films. Slytherin values ambition, cunning, leadership, and resourcefulness. It is said they will do anything to get their way. The house mascot of Slytherin is the serpent, and the house colors are green and silver. Oh, wow. Well, I can tell you you're a Ravenclaw. Yep, yep, I knew that one. Um, (laughs) I think I'm between a Hufflepuff and a Ravenclaw. And probably have just the smidge of Slytherin in me. Just the smidge. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I like you as a Hufflepuff. That's what I'm seeing there. Nice. Nice. That's nice of you. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> World of Suck says, All right, boys, I'd like to do an experiment today. If the worst case scenario presents itself to the Broncos at number 15, who should we pick? Go ahead and assume that three quarterbacks will go in the top 14. That would mean the Broncos are picking the 12th non-quarterback. So on your Broncos big board, who do you have at number 12? 
Okay, so that means three quarterbacks are gone. No matter what, it means we get we get one of our magic twelve, right? Um. So number one so it's is not even the worst case scenario. Yeah, I guess it's not. If the quarterbacks wouldn't go, it'd be worse. Um, for me, let's go. Chase Young one, Simmons two, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Okuda three, then uh-huh. Lamb four, then uh-huh. Judy five, then uh-huh. let's go Becton six, Worf seven, uh-huh. Thomas eight, uh-huh. um, Wills nine. I like it. And then, uh, then rugs oh no i okay. I put Derek brown right there i'd put him up next um uh-huh. that's 10 right um did you say okuda and then yep then rugs would be 11 and then who did the you say be? did you include chase young yep interesting yeah. yeah. So so that I is guess. that twelfth spot if they all go. Um dang. Uh Kinlaw's tempting. Uh I don't think I'd go CJ Henderson just because he isn't a fit. Um mm-hmm. maybe you go with one of these receivers. I think I'd go Kinlaw. Swift would be the really interesting one, but he doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, Kinlaw would make sense. Yep. Um so if it's three quarterbacks are gone and it's my 12th best non-quarterback, that yep. would mean. So I have two quarterbacks in my top 12, which means I go to 14 and that would be Mackay Becton. Um, so mm. I have Kinlaw as the 13th ranked player on my board, board Becton 14, Jedrick Wills, 15. Ruggs is 11th um, with DeAndre Swift, 12th. So that's about where you'd, where you'd be as Beck. Yep. And then if the quarterbacks yeah, so don't go, things get tougher. Right, 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 right. Then, right. So I want to make sure we're, we're properly doing the exercise. Um, but yeah, technically, if three quarterbacks go in the top 15 prior to the Broncos pick, that is not the nightmare scenario. The nightmare scenario is one of those guys not going in the in the top 15 and all the top four defenders, all the top four offensive tackles, all the top three receivers are all gone. That's the real nightmare scenario. The even more nightmare scenario is not only have the top four defenders gone, uh, Kinlaw is gone as well. Um, but again, and I one think one of the quarterbacks need... hasn't been taken then. Right, exactly. And so, yeah, yeah, there you go. Long story short. Yep. And in that case, I think I'd go Justin Jefferson. I don't think I'd go for uh, CJ Henderson or Christian Fulton. Agreed. I would go Mims. Okay. Yeah. 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 I could see those either, either way. Or Jefferson. We're splitting the hairs, but yeah, Mims just slightly above, as I explained before. So, yep. Yeah. Um, cool. Next question. Bristol Bronco fan. Hi, boys. Absolutely love your pod and think you should do more or some more work on the DNVR Broncos podcast because you were great filling in on there. Ooh, we're going to tell Ryan about that. Uh, I have done um, a mock draft. What do you think? Round one, CD Lamb. 
Love that. Round two, Damon yeah. Arnett. Sure. Yeah. Like solid, it. Solid. Solid. Yep. I think we both have some other guys that we like there. Play cornerback, uh, Troy Pride Jr., um, Bryce mm-hmm. Hall, um, maybe even like Jeff right. Gladney. But I think yes. Arnett has. Arnett's fun too. Right. He's got some um, value totally. Then he traded trades back up in round two to so take Lloyd Cushenberry. Third rounders. Right. To take Cushenberry up in round two. Love that. Though I, I would rather an offensive tackle. And then round yeah. three, Sock Morton. That's that's a bad pick. Round three, Sock Morton. That's like a reach by three or four rounds, I think, just because Throck has has dropped off a lot. But then he saves and because he can't with, play left tackle, likely. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, not like he can barely play right tackle in the NFL, which is where he played in college. Definitely not left mm-hmm. tackle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that would be a that would be a problem probably if you were to trade up in round two. You would take Cushenberry uh, instead of Cushenberry. You'd take an offensive tackle, or instead of Arnett, you would just take that offensive tackle. That'd be an, a more ideal scenario than yep. he takes Lekifotu, though. I I do like that Cushenberry pick, but I don't think you can go interior offensive line before you go outside. Would you agree with that? Yes, I agree. I agree. Okay. I mean, you kind of have to. Yep. Yeah, it's just more of a need. Um, yeah, so Lucky Fotu we like. Round five, Demetrius Robertson, um, receiver from Georgia. Quick guy. Sure. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of Isaiah McKenzie. I thought he was returning to school. I oh. didn't think he declared Demetrius Robinson. Interesting. But I'm checking that out as you go through the other picks. Okay. Uh, next up is Dylan Singleton. Uh, the safety from Duke. Um, sure. <laughs> and then round seven, Braden Mann. Uh, that's that's a good pick. Yeah, so um, I think for me, I think round three, instead of Throckmorton, if you grab another left tackle um, in round five, I'm not a huge fan of Demetrius Robertson. Um, I think you could do better. I think I might have even grabbed that second receiver earlier, even though there aren't yeah. a whole bunch of guys I love at that range. Um, what's the grade so, here? Um, I think we're at about a C plus B minus. Um, okay. Yeah. I was thinking a C. lot of boxes. You, uh, you do what we needed to do here and really plug some important spots. Um, but also some picks I don't love. And yeah, Demetrius yep. would look like he's back at Georgia this year. Um, okay. Apologies. Um, incorrect about that. But also that those first three picks, if, if you're bringing in CD lamb, Damon Arnett and Lloyd Cushenberry, that feels pretty good. Yes. Yeah. That, that feels, feels great. like a, a slam dunk essentially. Yes. Agreed. You're you're okay. worried that you didn't get a tackle, but you're still pretty happy with that, no doubt. Yep. Okay. Uh, Bronco Nugs says, "Are there any guys that are like Rugs and Hill in later rounds?" Um, also says, "Would love to see you guys do two to three pods a week leading up to the draft. Now that we are a month away, would love to see you have all five of the Broncos guys on a draft pod too. Keep up the good work. I think those are some great ideas." Um, yeah. Stay tuned. We may have some stuff like that. Coming soon, yep. in fact. Um, 
and we could rugs and um, hill in the later rounds. So, yeah. so thinking through these rugs, receivers, mm-hmm. if you if we start by going to the second round, you know you have the Jalen Rager, um, who's pretty obviously similar. Um, so Brandon Ayuk. Right? Yep. Yep. Um, Ayuk, sure, kind of. Um, not the a little same, bit slower. Similar in that it's a vertical speed guy. Jeff Thomas is a vertical speed guy out of Miami that is similar. Um, Antonio Gibson, to a lesser extent, uh, you know, more versa- position versatile, but kind of that speed field stretcher vertical threat. Van Jefferson, mm-hmm. more similar to KJ Hill. We talked about that last mm-hmm. week. Um, um, James Devin Duvernay. SMU, Duvernay as well. Courtney Davis of Texas A&M is another vertical weapon. And John Hightower of Boise State is another vertical threat, as maybe like Aaron Fuller of Washington. Um, yep. KJ is a little different because he's above six feet. He's more of a like quickness, route-running, crafty slot than he is a speed weapon. So he's a little more unique. And like Hill, I don't know, it's kind of like Hill and Van Jefferson as far as those like slots with a little more size to their game go. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's most of them. Um, yeah. Maybe Tyree Cleveland you could throw in there. I mean, obviously he's a bigger guy, but he's, he's the, the, a speed threat. Um, but yeah, 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 the, right. But still underdeveloped vertical weapon. Yeah. I guess he, he loosely falls in that category too. Yep. Good point. Okay. Um, let's move on to, there we go. Uh, okay. Bronco 27. Hey guys, just saw the Jets sign Brashad Perryman and the 49ers sign Travis Benjamin. I was wondering if you think this will affect what these teams do in terms of the first round. Do you think it's more likely one of the top three receivers falls to 15, or is that just wishful thinking? Um, I, I think I think it makes it more likely one of them falls, um, but I don't think it's that big of a change just because both those guys... I mean, Travis Benjamin in particular is more of a depth piece at this point. Right. Um, Special teamer, really. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Um, Brashad Perryman, pretty much the same thing. Um, although yeah, because Perryman of the Jets receivers might play more. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, um, but yeah, so I mean, I think I think we always thought there was a decent chance of the not always. I it lately we have started to feel like there's a better and better chance of one of the top three wide receivers dropping. Now as shown in our mock in segment two, that's not locked in because it's very fluid and we could easily see all three of those guys gone before the Broncos pick. Um, The Perryman signing might make that a little more likely by like 10%. And the Travis Benjamin signing makes that more likely by like 0.1%. You know what I mean? So it's like, Yep. Both, yeah, sure, they make it more likely, but we thought that was likely all along, kind of regardless of that. These don't really um, change the needle. Agreed. Um, next question is from Lone Star Bronco, who says, Sorry to comment twice, but I've done a couple of mocks online that have resulted in Brown, Kinlaw, Okuda, Simmons, Young, the big four tackles, 
and the big three receivers all gone by pick 15. Obviously, oh this is the worst case for uh, this is worst case, but if it happens and Denver can't find a trade partner, what would your move be? Is it Mims or Jefferson too big to reach? Josh Jones, CJ Henderson. Um, Boy. I mean, yeah, that that's a would rough really one. be tough because, yeah, five plus four plus three. I mean, that's that would really mean that uh, only two quarterbacks were gone. Yeah, that'd be a bummer. Yep. So then you're looking but, at what kill Levon Chasson, um, the two cornerbacks, Henderson Fulton, the two receivers. Yeah. And I think it probably is Justin Jefferson, Denzel Mims. Um, and ideally totally. just a trade down from there or Josh Jones. I think that is where Josh yep. Jones definitely starts to come into play. That's where the linebackers, Kenneth Murray and Patrick queen actually start to come into play. Yeah. You start looking at that second tier of wide receivers like Mims and Jefferson, which would be the best course of action for me. And uh, yeah, the second tier of offensive tactics. Because I mean, if that happens, you do panic a little and you feel like, man, if all these guys were gone before the 15th pick, maybe we do want to ensure we get our pick of the second tier of wide receivers or the second tier of offensive tackles. Or, or both. I, right. You know, I, I think that I think that if it were me in this situation, I'd be yeah. kind of looking back at the quarterback mm-hmm. needy teams because there is a quarterback uh-huh. falling. Um, right. M- maybe, maybe this means the Dolphins didn't take a quarterback, so you can move back to 26, which is yeah, a little totally. bit further back than I would probably like to move. I'd be looking like in the 20 to 24 range probably. Um, but then yeah. you make that trade back, you pick up some assets, you use those assets and one of your third-round picks to get back into the middle of the second round. And then all of a sudden you have a late first, uh, two like an early to mid second, a mid second, and you still have some right. third rounders to play with. And I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad situation. Yeah, what would a move? Because obviously Miami's higher first rounders, eighteen, but they're not. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't care about moving up to. Well, see, that's where Miami maybe doesn't. Let's say New England yeah. at twenty three. Okay, um, they like Herbert, and Herbert's so still there. Right, right, exactly. Or Tua's still there, and you know Saban's been like, dude, this is the guy. What are you doing not taking him? So to get to move up, the Patriots would have to give us 300 draft points, which means they would give up their first rounder, obviously, and then they'd have to at least give up a second rounder. Um, which do yeah. they have a second rounder this year? Doesn't look like uh, it. Not seen one, so that would be problematic for them. Uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be tough. You would need at least a mid-second to make this work. And yeah, you'd kind of be screwed. I mean, you almost are better off just staying there. If... Mm. Yeah, that'd be that'd be an interesting proposition. But I guess you're right. Then you could get like probably by 23 you can still get Josh Jones or Mims or Justin Jefferson or one of those linebackers or a cornerback and then mm-hmm. at 46 you find your offensive tackle and say like in the 50s you find a cornerback or something. Or Cushenberry. It could be worse than that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Cushenberry, totally. 
totally. And then that's, you know, if you end up with like, uh, let's say, Mims, uh, Prince Tega Wanogu, and Cushionberry, or that same duo and Trayvon Diggs, or AJ Terrell, you feel pretty good about that. Yeah. And, you know, how I'd look at it is. If if you stay there, then you know you get your pick of Justin Jefferson or Denzel Mims. Um, uh-huh. If you trade down to 23, then it's 50-50. One of those guys is still available, and it's 50-50 you wind up with T. Higgins. Um, and then you're also picking up Lloyd Cushenberry, for example. Right. And you don't even right. think about what's changing with the other picks. It's just, would you rather have Justin Jefferson or Denzel Mims for sure, or call it I don't know. Would you rather have Denzel Mims or would you rather have T. Higgins and Lloyd Cushenberry? I'd take T. Higgins and Lloyd Cushenberry for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. So, so that's how I'm seeing that. Um, but yeah, if you can't trade down, yeah, I, I think that you do just take one of those receivers. Yep. I'm with um. You. Oh, and that's it. Those that are all of our brother. comments. Yeah. Wow. Well, we should do another one of these sometime. Let's do it up. We'll do another. I mean, maybe we'll go to two times a week for now, one at the beginning of the week and one at the end of the week as we ended up doing this week. And we'll go from there and see what the people want. I think so. I think that's a good idea. As always, if you guys have any questions or comments or anything, um, leave them in the comment section of the post for today's show at thednvr.com. And we will get to all of those next week sometime. Hopefully early next week and we'll do two. All right. We'll see you all then.